The impacts of colonialism outlive the British Queen. I am Amy Goodman, host of Democracy Now! with Dennis Moynihan in our weekly Breaking the Sound Barrier podcast. It's long been said the sun never sets on the British Empire, referring to the United Kingdom's colonies around the globe. Will the death of Queen Elizabeth II trigger further shrinking of the empire, as former colonies now in the British Commonwealth debate whether to permanently sever ties? With its history of slavery, concentration camps, executions and torture, what would reparations and accountability look like? On her 21st birthday in 1947, Elizabeth, five years before her coronation as queen, said, I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and to the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. Elizabeth was in South Africa, a British Commonwealth nation, one year before its white minority imposed the racist policies of apartheid over the majority black and other non-white populations. Over the next half-century, South Africa's apartheid regime, shored up by the United Kingdom and the United States, demonstrated not all in the Queen's imperial family fared well. What I would like to see is the dismantling of this notion of the Commonwealth. That's Cornell University professor Mukomo Wangugi speaking on the Democracy Now! NewsHour. He was born in the U.S. but raised in Kenya, the son of the renowned Kenyan writer Ngugi Wa Tiango. Commonwealth, whose wealth? Asked Professor Mukomo Wangugi. The book I'm, I'm, working on, I'm working on now on Africans and African Americans uh, took me to Keta in Ghana, right? Um, Keta is where slaves were being taken from, right? And it's a very depressed, you know, the, 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 the aftershocks, if you want to call it that, or the trauma uh, of, of slavery still, you, it's, it's, it's evident, right? It's poor, depressed, and so on and so forth. Uh, my Angelou called it melancholic, actually, right? Then from there, I left Keta, then I went to Bristol uh, in, uh, in England, right? Bristol was a slave trading port where, um, you know, yeah, it, and it's, it's thriving. It looks like a good old-fashioned bohemian town. Uh, it, most most people know it now because of the uh, of the dismantling of the statue of Colston, who was one of the slave traders. But at any rate, we can see the effects of slavery, right? We can see the effects of colonialism, and we can see how the wealth uh, the wealth of, of of England was built. In 1952, Elizabeth was in Kenya when she learned of the death of her father, King George VI, and became queen. Kenya suffered for decades under British colonial rule. An organized armed resistance rose up in the 1950s called the Mau Mau. Harvard historian Caroline Elkins documented Britain's violence against Kenyans in her Pulitzer Prize-winning book, Imperial Reckoning, the Untold Story of Britain's Gulag in Kenya. Nearly 1.5 million Kikuyu, or Africans, were detained in detention camps or emergency villages, barbed wire villages, as a way of suppressing Mau Mau. This was a story about systematic violence, torture, murder, and massive cover-up. And the bottom line is that serious crimes happened on the Queen's Imperial Watch. In fact, her picture hung in every detention camp in Kenya, as detainees were beaten in order to exact their loyalty to the British crown. 
Many nations still struggle with the impacts of British colonialism. Formerly enslaved and colonized nations and people like those of the Caribbean, including Barbados, have been inserted in that international order in a structurally um, subordinate and exploitative manner. David Kamasyang is Barbados' ambassador to the Caribbean community. He was speaking on Democracy Now! last December, just after Barbados severed its Commonwealth relationship with the U.K., removing Queen Elizabeth as head of state and declaring itself sovereign. Barbados was the first society in human history that was built totally on the basis of slavery, its economy, its social system, its ideology. Um, and, and so that's, that's our history. Um, the royal family um, was deeply involved in the British slave trade and the system of, of um, African enslavement. The Prime Minister of the Caribbean nation of Antigua and Barbuda, Gaston Brown, announced this week the country will hold a referendum within three years to decide on complete separation from the U.K. Dorbreen Omard, the chairperson of the Antigua and Barbuda Reparations Commission and an ambassador-at-large of Antigua, said this week on Democracy Now! She has managed to cloak um, the historical brutality of empire in this in 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 in, in this veneer of, of grandeur and and pomp and pageantry, I guess, and graciousness. But I think that at this point in time, we need to examine that history a lot more closely. Queen Elizabeth's eldest son has succeeded her and is now King Charles III. He'll be confronted with rising demands for accountability and reparations for the generations of colonial exploitation that enriched the United Kingdom and the royal family, himself included. The Windsor family's estimated wealth is in the billions of dollars. The Caribbean Reparations Plan talks of development. Again, that's Dorbreen Omard, ambassador-at-large of Antigua. Where the hurt of enslavement and genocide continues to exist and continues to impact on the lives of Caribbean people today. You have committed crimes against humanity, and that there is a moral and an ethical demand that you acknowledge these crimes. King Charles III should heed the call of all these former colonial subjects and answer for the innumerable harms inflicted worldwide in the name of the British monarchy. I'm Amy Goodman with Dennis Moynihan.